for most people where they live, uh, the winter climate is not conducive to actually doing base training. And and I I have I have sympathy for this guy who is stuck inside all winter. I can't even imagine being stuck inside all winter and trying to think of some ways to make your training more fun when when every single ride is going to be on the trainer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Matchbox Podcast powered by Ignition Coach Co. I'm your host, Adam Saban, and today we're talking about when Zwift racing is appropriate to incorporate into your base season and how to go about planning off-season travels to riding destinations. Today's show is also brought to you by Flow Formulas. Tis the season for big fall adventures, and what better way to fuel those explorations than with Flow's new apple cider-flavored endurance formula. Head over to flowformulas.com today to pick up some of this magical potion and use the discount code IGNITIONPODCAST10 for 10% off your first order. And last but not least, there's only a handful of spots left at the Ignition Training Camp in Townsend, Tennessee next month, so head over to ignitioncoachco.com to claim your spot. As always, if you like what you hear, please share this with your friends and leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions for the show, drop us an email at matchboxpod at gmail.com with email title, The Matchbox Podcast. All right, let's get into it. All right, so we've got a question here from Andre from Norway. Andre says, I live in Norway where outdoor riding is a no-go for me from November to April. This means a lot of hours in the indoor trainer in Zwift. For the past three years, I have been doing traditional off-season base and build, following the standard one to two interval sessions a week and in the rest riding at zone two. Uh, I train around six to eight hours a week on the bike, two strength sessions a week. Some weeks I swap in some zone two at cross-country skiing. Uh, I race five to ten road slash marathon mountain bike races per season. Depending on the race, I will finish around the top half or top third. In Zwift racing, it's more divided into categories. So I'm guessing, so that was from... They're May to August. Like, that's their standard season. So now they're talking about Zwift. So in Zwift racing, it's more divided into categories. I'm a typical B racer, which means FTP roughly 4 watts per kilo, uh, and will match my level more than outdoor. Wait. And I can be more competitive. So so basically, they're more competitive indoors than they are outdoors. There are national Zwift Cups during the winter months, usually one before Christmas and one after the New Year. Uh, it's a one-week one race a week for six to eight weeks. This is the middle of the off season and the base season. So in order to switch things up a bit, I'm thinking about doing these national Zwift Cup races, but following a standard training plan. I'm thinking I could swap out the midweek interval session for a Zwift race and not do any special peaks or preparations for it. How much will this affect my performance when we get to the outdoor season? Thanks for the great podcast, Andre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I see this a lot, actually. People, you know, Zwift's probably you know, become more popular in the last four years or so, especially during, uh, you know, COVID years when real bike racing wasn't taking place or outdoor bike racing wasn't taking place. And I see this a lot with people, you know, they get in their off season, but they're still competing in these Zwift races quite regularly. And sometimes stacking that on top of uh, traditional training or like Andre's talking about here, kind of swapping it out for uh, one of their harder sessions during the week. What do you guys think about this? Like, you know, this quote unquote year round competition that Zwift has kind of brought to the table during these, you know, off season months. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you can call me old school, but I, uh, you know, I've never even done a Zwift race. So maybe I'd do one Zwift race and I'd be hooked. But 
Um, I don't know. I just have, I have this thing for real bike racing in the, in the great outdoors. And, (laughs) um, but you know, if, if that's your thing, there's nothing wrong with that. So we should probably answer this guy's question and not roast Zwift racing here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, we have to remember that, you know, Andre lives in Norway, basically no outdoor riding from November to April. So, you know, they're spending upwards of six months in where they're stuck riding indoors. The question so, is, you know, do you think that swapping in these Zwift races will be beneficial to their training plan? I, I, uh, I, I kind of don't think so. I, I think for most people, and I know that, so whenever you throw out this argument that like you need an off season and you need a base season where you're not racing, people always love to throw in the example of Wout and Vanderpool. And they're like, look, they race cross all year and then they dominate. Um, but even they take an off season between cross season and their preparation for road season. And they have to start road season later than everyone else because they did cross. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I think that if you, if you race all year round and don't give yourself a break, now you could give yourself a break between Zwift season and normal season and actually separate the two and have Zwift season be a season on its own and have the normal season be a season on its own. But if you're, if you're including Zwift racing as part of your base training, I think that's a mistake personally. Yeah. So, you know, what I was, what I was going to kind of say is kind of similar to that. I I think, I think it's important to, to have this period where, where there's no competition and I know it's not outdoor riding, but it's still, you know, you're still prepping for, you're amping yourself up. You're probably pushing yourself harder on those days than you would have otherwise in training, which sometimes is good. But from, you know, they, they talk, you know, Andrew, Andre talks about after Christmas, you know, or right around Christmas mm-hmm. to for six weeks, you know, you're talking December, January into early February. Like that's still pretty early into the base season. Andre, Andre's race season isn't really starting until May. So if it were me, I would maybe use some of those Zwift races to kind of get some race legs under your belt in March or April, kind of a transition to the race outdoor race season, uh, you know, and, and kind of save those those winter months really just for that, you know, the, the base conditioning. Um, I think you're going to be better off that way and you're not going to burn yourself as bring yourself out as easily, you know, because the last thing you want is to come August or September when your season is kind of finishing up and you're like just toast. You don't want to be, be yeah. racing anymore because you you've roasted yourself all, all season already. I, I can't tell you the number of times this has happened to myself and happened to other people that I've seen where they come out so hot at the beginning of the season. And by, by the middle of the season, they're, they're done. You know, the race, the, re- the race results are suffering. Their motivation is down. Uh, they're fatigued. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that it personally, I think that that's what you're probably setting yourself up for. Um, if you if you do Zwift races through the winter. Um, so I, I and it's it's kind of unfortunate that the for most cyclists whose season is in the spring and summer, the base season falls in the winter. You know, th- theoretically, the base season should be your highest volume time of the year. And it's during the worst weather of the year, the coldest time and probably, you know, ice and snow and cold rain. And it's actually the worst time to do slow, long rides 
which is why I, I think that's honestly the only reason, maybe not the only reason, but it's one of the prime reasons that reverse periodization even gets any airtime uh, because it's, it's not very, for most people where they live, uh, the winter climate is not conducive to actually doing base training. And so people are like trying to think of ways to get around that. And, and I, I have, I have sympathy for this guy who is stuck inside all winter. I can't even imagine being stuck inside all winter and trying to think of some ways to make your training more fun when, when every single ride is going to be on the trainer. I, I, I get it. It's a long winter and it's a lot of trainer time. Um, but I guess, I guess what I'm getting at here is, is, um, although it may not be ideal, I think that, I think that more of a traditional base is probably the best approach. Yeah. And, and Andre talks about, uh, some weeks he will swap in, a little bit of cross country skiing in place of those zone two workouts. Honestly, like I would do that more frequent than that. You know, I would do, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe half your time is spent indoor on the trainer and half your time is spent cross country skiing. If it's something that's accessible to you, because that's going to be a way for you to get outside, mix things up a bit more. Uh, You'll get a little bit of like organic intensity in from the, the cross country skiing. But the the great thing with country cross country skiing is you can still meter your effort pretty well. And it's not going to be nearly as, uh, is is wear and tear as much wear and tear on your body as as running would be so yeah if i were andre i would i would try to lean on that cross-country skiing a bit more if you want to mix things up and then you know kind of use the bike for those one or two interval sessions a week and then maybe a you know one or two of your endurance rides but um yeah i, w- I would try to mix in the cross-country skiing or you could even like you know in the winter time during that december january february time where you're really not getting very specific with your training yet you could even do like an interval session on the cross country skis or something. You know, like that might be fun to kind of mix things up a little bit and uh, you know, just try and keep keep things interesting. Yeah, one I thing think, that I here you go for it. One thing I was going to add was uh, a huge component. I feel like of this conversation is motivation. Like, so to play a little bit of devil's advocate, uh, I feel like people who who like Andre can't can't get out and ride. A big part of Zwift racing is that it motivates them to actually get on the bike, and so the argument can be made. Well, it's got to be Zwift racing would be better than doing nothing, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that. Well, if Zwift racing didn't exist, then I would just be so bored and not motivated for four or five months out of the year during the winter. Um, same thing goes for like group rides or hot laps during cross season. Like, if people aren't motivated to get out and do their intervals solo, uh, group rides and hot laps or like Zwift races. Those are ways that you can get in a hard workout and the motivation is a little bit easier for those things because there's some kind of like dynamic of being around other people and competitiveness. And it's not just you putting your head down and doing intervals by yourself on the trainer. Um, And I think a big part of that. So like if I think about myself personally, I like doing intervals by myself and avoiding hot laps and stuff. And I think the reason that that is, is because I'm so focused on my goals, on my race goals during the actual season that I'm motivated to do my workouts during the off season. So like, so I, I have enough focus on the race season that I don't need to do Zwift racing in the off season because I'm motivated enough to not do it. If that makes sense. Um, maybe that's a weird way of describing it, but yeah, that's where my head goes is like motivation seems to be a big part of it as well. 
Yeah, I so I I think the one thing I'll say too is if if you're really set on doing Zwift racing, like Zwift racing is fun for you and you want to do well in Zwift racing and and it's actually a type of racing that you want to do. It's not just a motivation to train it. It is actually a type of racing that you want to do and pursue. Then my recommendation would be do what cyclocross racers do and have a separate season for Zwift. Yeah. It can be in the winter, like during a normal cyclocross season, have a separate season for Zwift, take a break, start your base training for the normal season. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call. You know, so you'd, you'd basically here be taking your break probably right after that race season, the Zwift race season. So they're talking six to eight weeks for this Zwift cup or Zwift national cup. You know, I, w- I would maybe transition to, an, you know, a break or off season at that point again. And maybe you don't take, instead of taking one four week off season, you know, where you're taking three or four weeks completely off the bike, maybe you take two, two week sessions or two, one and a half week sessions, one before Zwift season one after Zwift season. Um, but yeah, I would do that probably right after that, uh, right after that Zwift cup ends. And then that way you have time to still build back up for your actual race season or outdoor race season. You know, the, this trainer conversation reminds me of a conversation that I just recently had with Adam Roberge. He was, so Adam Roberge is a professional cyclist and has nothing to do in his day except for ride his bike. But this is an example of how extreme indoor training can get. He, he he said when he was younger, he was very inflexible with his training plan. And if it was written in his training plan, he was going to do it no matter what, what was going on. So I think this was during COVID and he couldn't leave his house for two weeks. And he had two 30 hour weeks back to back and was like not allowed to leave his house. And he did 30 hours, 60 hours in two weeks on the trainer. His hips were destroyed. (laughs) He was probably walking funny for a month. (laughs) Man. Yeah, count me out of that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. And and maybe that's why he's faster than we are. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, hopefully that that helps, Andre. Uh, Yeah, good luck with it. All right, before we hear this next question, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our title sponsor. Ready to start working with a coach that'll make you faster? It's easy. Just go to the Ignition Coach Co. website and fill out our athlete form, and we'll connect you to the best suited coach for the job. You'll jump on a free consultation, determine if it's a good fit, and determine a start date. If you don't feel the vibes with that coach, well, then no sweat. We'll connect you to another coach that might be better. And then it's off to the races, or at least off to the training for the races. Don't wait any longer. Sign up today. Okay, next one, kind of on a similar similar topic here. Uh, another off-season question. So this one comes from David. How would you plan your off-season if you had the opportunity to travel to a much better riding location for a brief period during that time? For context, mm-hmm. I live in Indy where the weather gets too unpleasant for significant outdoor riding most of the winter. So I tend to take a bit of a break, but also will head to California to visit family for a week around Christmas and New Year's, where the riding terrain and weather are both significantly better. I'd certainly like to have good legs during that period, but on the other hand, it seems weird to try to build and peak during what should be a time to recover for the, from, the off, from the season and focus on base training. Any advice here? So he's traveling to this place with nice weather specifically during the off season, not the base season. Sounds like, or, you know, or, you know, could be base season even, uh, Hmm. you know, but, you know, I think David's trying to get at, you know, is this something that he should prepare for, you know, 
say he takes an off season and then goes straight to California, probably not fit enough to ride a hundred miles every single day or something. Right. Mm. So this is something that he should plan his off season so that when he goes to California during the Christmas new year timeframe, he's got better fitness to take advantage of that. Um, you know, kind of treat him more like a training camp. Yeah, per this se. is honestly, this is so this, this situation that you're describing here, you know, I live in a place where the riding is not great in the winter and I haven't been riding a lot anyway, because it's been the off season. And all of a sudden I go to a place where the weather is amazing and I can ride as much as I want. You're describing the setup to an overuse injury. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I haven't been riding yeah. a lot and I, I go from five hours a week to 25 and all of a sudden I've got tendonitis. Right, right. Yeah, so I think that's kind of what David's getting at here is like, how would you approach it so that he can take advantage of that time, assuming mm-hmm. we or he would want him to. So that way, yeah, he doesn't hurt himself or, you know, doesn't train himself into the, you know, into the ground. I don't think there's anything wrong with that week being higher volume than you normally do back at home. Uh, I would take advantage of the nice weather, but you really should not go overboard here. Um, You know, I I don't know how many hours a week he does in the off season or what he's been doing recently. Um, But let's just say it's been five hours per week because it's the off season. Um, Uh, like I'm hesitant to say more than 10 hours while you're in California because in an ideal world, you would have, you would have slowly ramped up the volume instead of just doubling it immediately. So let's, let's assume, you know, David's, so right today's October 10th. Okay. Let's assume David's race season is already finished. Mm -hmm. He hasn't taken an off season yet, but he's listening to this this week. Would you recommend David take his off season now like earlier and then give himself more time after that off season to build into this or would you have him extend his season kind of as long as possible take advantage of the current fall riding weather take the off season and then you know at that point he probably wouldn't have much time to prepare for for this like you know warm weather training camp um yeah probably the former i mean it, it kind of depends on what what he wants to do. Does he want to do more riding right now in the fall while it's not so miserable or does he want to do more riding when he gets to California? Cause I, f- I feel like that's the two options, right? Right. Uh, I, if, if this was my athlete, I would probably ask him that question and say, do you want to do more riding right now? while you know, before the weather gets so bad that you're stuck on the trainer or do you want to do more miles when you get to California? And the answer to that question right is is gonna probably shift the training a little bit mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think that's you know kind of tangent a little bit here i think that brings up a good point about how and when to take that off season because there there usually are, are options and for one reason or another like for for example this fall i've had three or four athletes who have taken what i would consider like an early or their their season has ended earlier than expected whether it was an injury or sickness or, you know, they just had a big A race that came in September and nothing afterwards. You know, typically a lot of athletes will find some kind of mid-October event that, you know, will kind of prep and race through that. But for whatever reason, I've had a handful of athletes who have ended their season either early or mid-September. And that kind of gives us an option. You know, traditionally you would take your off-season break pretty much right after that big final event that you end your season with. 
And, you know, that might fall, say, you know, end of October and you take three or four weeks off the bike at that point. Uh, usually a pretty good time because weather's kind of transitioning to winter weather, maybe not as good to ride outside. The time hasn't changed yet, so you might not have as much daylight to work with. So it usually ends up being kind of like a pretty seamless and, and easy transition into that off season. But for these athletes, it's like, shoot, the fall weather riding is unbelievable right now. You've got time, you've got daylight, weather's good, the trail conditions are going to be good. So a few of those athletes, I've actually, we've just extended their season. We're training, we're kind of doing base miles, but we're not going to take that off season really until that weather transitions. And I kind of gave them that same option. I was like, we can either take a break now, you can take this next month off the bike, you know, or three weeks or whatever it is, and kind of miss out on this prime ride weather, or we can extend it a bit, just have, you know, get out, enjoy riding in this, you know, in this season, and then we'll take a break when it seems appropriate. And most of the athletes, except for one, decided to take, you know, ex- extend that season and take that off-season break later, you know, November timeframe or December even. Um, and yeah, I think it's 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 a good question that you pose because you might you might compromise a little bit on how much fitness you have going into that California trip here, David, by extending your season now and and taking that off season break a little later, and then coming into that. Uh, training camp or you know holiday break with less fitness and that might mean you only get 15 hours of ride time that week but it could still be really enjoyable you you can still do a lot in 15 hours you can still have fun you can get out and do some good rides Um, but in doing so you might be able to take advantage of three or four weeks right now where the weather is great the trail conditions are good riding is good group rides are still going you know and so on so you kind of have to decide like are you are you willing to compromise right now versus that one week or vice versa um, and I think in the long run, you're probably going to get more fitness boost out of having those three to four weeks of longer, consistent riding right now than you would get out of one massive week in December. Yeah, what I was going to say were along those lines of <clears throat> if you were, if you and your ignition coach were having a call about this, <laughs> uh, my head goes to like, don't make a decision based off of one week. Uh, but rather take a step back and like, basically you and your coach should look at your ATP or your annual training plan and determine what the best approach would be for the whole thing. Not just because of one week. And, and, and usually like in, in the past, I've never been a fan of like training for training. So like a big thing that road teams do is like a training camp in the spring. And I think it's okay to show up to that training camp. Not that fit. Who cares if your teammates drop you at training camp uh i think cadell evans was famous for this like he'd show up to training camp and he'd be like one of the slowest riders but cadell evans during the race season was their fastest rider you know so like knowing where your priorities lie of like i'm not gonna overdo it in december knowing that like all my priority events are later in the year so i would say you know i would just be hesitant to put too much emphasis on one week and compromise the whole the whole system or the whole plan um and I mean, like, like we've been talking though, there's ways that you could probably compromise, you know, like maybe you don't do a massive week, maybe, maybe you do like a medium week, but yeah, I've never been a fan of like, oh, I need to get in shape for this training camp that's coming up. Cause I'm like, isn't that the whole point of the training camp is to go there and get in shape? Like, so right. I'm hesitant to do extra training in preparation for a training camp. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that approach takes some stress off of this, this week and, in California too, like instead of bringing your road bike and just hammering out 
hundred mile road rides every time. Like you bring your mountain bike and you go out for a couple hour trail ride each day. You yeah. know, you do some like more fun rides and do some rides that are, you know, more unique to that terrain that you wouldn't, you know, kind of throw the weather aside, just do like a ride that seems awesome. And don't worry so much about like have to get the training in. It's like, just go have fun riding your bike. It's probably going to turn into two or three hours, whatever you know, time frame you've got. But, you know, then you're not stressing like, oh, I've got to get my, you know, got to get my five hour training ride in today. Got to take advantage of this, of this huge training week. Um, Cause odds are, I mean, December that, you know, the fitness that you're going to build from that, you know, to, to say that that's going to carry you through your race season that starts in April or May, like probably not that much, honestly, like you're going to take a break after that anyways, cause you're going to, you're going to need rest. So, I mean, it, it might give you a little fitness bump that you can, you can build on, but it's not going to be enough to where it's going to really make or break your season. So what I just said was coach was coach Drew speaking, but now this is athlete Dizzle speaking and I would absolutely do exactly what Dylan said and probably overtrain. Like if this were me and I were going to California <laughs> in the middle of my off season for a week, you know, I'm be maxing that week out. Like I don't care what I did the week before I'm riding as much as I can because heck like I'm not going to. So I get it. Like, you know, what I'm trying to do is sympathize. Like, I totally yeah, understand sure. wanting to like ride in warm weather, but I think Dylan starting the conversation with injury was a was a lot was pretty smart. I w- that's not where my brain went was injury, but that's that was where the conversation needed to go. Was you don't want to end up injured for sure. All right, sweet. We'll we'll uh, we'll wrap it there. Ooh. Thanks for those question submissions. Thank you guys, and we'll catch you next week. All right. All right. See you guys. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in for the latest episode of the Matchbox Podcast. Like I said at the beginning, you can send any questions or topic suggestions to matchboxpod at gmail.com with email title, the Matchbox Podcast. Links to each of our social media pages can be found in the show notes. Tune in next week for another endurance training-related discussion and learn more about how you can find that extra match for your next big event. Catch you all soon. Let's go! Let's go!